On this episode of Resi Week, work from home audio sucks, Control 4 supports Oversee, and Surrey is working locally. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 279, Sonic Mediocrity. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends, three of my closest friends, including one who just didn't even show up. That's Joe Whitaker. He skipped on us today and won't even text me back. So I'm just calling him out right off the top. It's done. Then we have Mr. Seth Johnson. He is a software development manager at Blackwire Design. How you doing, Seth? Doing well. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing fantastic. Then we have Peter Aylett. He is a partner at HTE. How you doing, Peter? Excellent, Matt. Very good. Thank you. Thank you both for joining us today. And Joe, you're, you're not here, man. What's going on? It's rough. Uh, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. An EPOS study finds that work from home audio needs vast improvement. Uh, their new Understanding Sound Experience report is showing that work from home audio is severely lacking and could impact the ability for workers to remain productive. Uh, now, keep in mind, work from home is going to, Seth's already laughing at this. Uh, but work from home is going to continue for the foreseeable future. But a ray of hope uh, comes in the way of, you know, Apple's recent announcement by Mr. Tim Cook earlier or, or sorry, later last week that uh, he's mandating all employees spend at least three days in the office. I believe it was like Monday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, oddly enough. Uh, but anyways, we will continue to have work from home. Some of the findings from this report uh, were that something like 19% of employees were experiencing stress from poor audio, 26 report misunderstandings, uh, 68% polled uh, said that they believe a quality audio experience will eliminate the need to repeat or clarify certain points in conversations. Seth, let me let me start with you. How do we address this, help clients with this? Is this even our is this even our bag to play with? Oh, or is this one of those kind of like casual things that you you just throw at a client as you're having a conversation? No, no, I, I think we should. I mean, I've been preaching this for a long time now. We should lean into this. This should be what uh, custom integrators, you know, we have a room dedicated in a house usually for a theater, right? And these, these nice big C-level, you know, houses. It's, it's, mm-hmm. these, these are the nice ones we're going into for managers on up. Um, if they're doing work from home, they should look and sound great. Um, they, they shouldn't have anyone misunderstand what they say, that kind of thing. And that's something, that's an experience that we're like educated on exactly what to do here. We know how to treat sound. We know how microphones work. We know how speakers work. We know how feedback works. This is something that like ticks all the boxes as a custom integrator and you know, a sound professional could be able to pull something like this off and, and put in the proper equipment uh, that could be used uh, for these types of situations. Now, Obviously, the software and all that stuff can get better, and um, there'd be all sorts of manufacturers that come out with kits and that kind of thing. But 
yeah, I think this is this is right in our wheelhouse. There's absolutely no reason that we should be passing up, um, you know, an, an office. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. you talk about the theater, but also talk about the office. Like you're working from home now. Let's put in some nice, uh, like some nice audio gear, some nice, you know, uh, headphones and 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 some nice cameras to make sure you look and sound great on your uh, your meeting, your business calls. Peter, when you when you hear what Seth's talking about, you know, I know that you spend a ton of time specifying and designing theater experiences and, and ensuring that those experiences are top notch. Is it time that we take as an industry that we take a more direct approach? to uh, again to Seth's point that that office that your homeowner has that they might just have a random laptop in because they normally don't ever work from home they just get away from the kids sometimes which I might use my office for occasionally is it time and and how do you go about starting that conversation of hey you're in your office let's actually set it up as an office well, as an industry, I think we're we're curators of presence in a building. We we deal with with being present, and being present could be being present experiencing a movie. It could be beer, being present sharing a beer over sport. It could be being present at a dining table having conversation. But absolutely, that that whole concept of presence extends to working from home. I I don't really know why it took what was probably an expensive and long study to tell us that people's audio just generally isn't very good. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this, this has to be a trend through all our lives in every aspect that we deal with in, in buildings that gradually people's expectation of the quality of audio has just gone down and down and down and down and down. And if I'm having a conversation with someone on the street and I start doing this, well, the other person's probably gonna go, but I can't hear you. But yet we put up with that same level of sonic mediocrity in in home offices mm-hmm. i'm i'm convinced that one of you know a, a massive opportunity for our industry is in effect being the outsourced it company in the home because it it people in in corporate world they don't really understand homes you know they they don't get let out much they they probably don't have all of the social and home integration skills that are necessary but i think there's a massive opportunity to learn to speak the language of corporate IT and then be able to be that bridge because with all these people working in their homes, um, I don't think most corporate IT departments simply have the manpower to get out there and do all, do all the work. That's not, how, that's not how they're structured. And when it comes to audio and video quality, well, hey, isn't, isn't that what we do? Um, and given what I do now for a living, the thing I want to have a brief conversation about is, is, is acoustics. I hear so many conference calls, so many webinars delivered by someone who's probably sitting in a bathroom or at least, you know, a, a, a room with six hard tiled surfaces. And it's and it's terrible. A little bit of acoustics can go a huge way when it comes mm-hmm. to voice intelligibility. And I, I mentioned dining rooms. To, to me, dining rooms are not places for eating. Dining rooms are places for socializing. They're places for conversation. But how many of these architecturally fantastic buildings with lots of glass and lots of concrete and lots of tiles do you walk into that that dining room, once you have three or four people talking at the same time, is just a cacophony? You know, we as an industry should be able to do something about that. And when it comes to working from home and improving audio, I'd say the number one thing we can do to improve audio 
is to Im simply improve the, the acoustics of the space if it's live. So yeah, massive, massive opportunity. Do you both think, or, or do either of you think that the realization that most of our audio is god awful from from video conferencing that that has been the big thing that has made people realize that audio matters do you think that will have a uh, an inverse effect to cause people to recognize that they just need better audio in their homes in general or is it going to be a a singular issue i think i think the general public are satisfied with mediocrity if you, if you if you take apple airpods i mean everyone who owns an apple phone owns a pair of airpod pods i bought some airpod pros i use them for about 2 days until i realize that the audio from them is quite frankly crap and if i'm if i'm listening to someone on a webinar or or on a conference i've got a decent pair of really revealing um monitors active monitors on my desk and I could have my eyes shut and someone come on that call and I'll go, yup, you're using, you're using AirPods. They have this sort of comp slightly compressed, slightly medium wave quality to them that just isn't particularly natural. And, and on a casual chat, sure. But when, when you're trying to be professional, I think, I think our jobs as systems integrators when we're dealing with working from home is, is to build that home working from home environment so that that individual when they're doing anything via electronic comms just looks professional sounds professional um gives gives that air of of professionalism and unfortunately i i don't think the majority of people have a clue what that is i don't think the majority of people know what's possible or even mm. know how simple it can be and not expensive just to do a couple of really, really crucial, easy things. Um, I see, Matt, you're, you're using a, a posh microphone. I'm using a posh Shure microphone. Um, they're not expensive, and they make a massive difference in terms of sound quality. Mm -hmm. Add that to a bit of acoustics. That's all you need to do. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics for a moment. This comes to us from a Residential Tech Today. Control 4 OS 3.2.2. Uh, it's a software update that fully supports the Overseer ecosystem or Oversee Pro ecosystem. Sorry, I always add a er to that one as Seth is nodding his head going, oh, Matt. I did the same thing on my podcast. <laughs> it's such a, yeah. It should be. With it you. should be Overseer. I'm just yeah. just throwing it out there to the marketing folks over, over at Snap. All right, gentlemen, um, this is a uh, honestly a long-awaited and, and very cool aspect. Peter, let me let me start with you on this. Is this a, a, a huge upsell for, for C4, or is this just a evolutionary step for them? I'll, I'll preface my comments by saying I, I'm in by no means, shape, or form a Control 4 expert, um, but I think anything that, that puts the power in an integrator's hand to sell maintenance contracts and to be, and this is the key, to be proactive about their servicing. Um, I think customers generally with their homes and even, even with their cars, the expectation is that something breaks and then you call someone to fix it. Any opportunity where 
proactively an integrator with a customer with a maintenance contract can give them a call, send them a message, whatever the platform, and say, we've just noticed this is about to fail, or you might not have noticed, but this has failed. Um, we'd like to arrange a point, an appointment to come along and fix it. That's that's golden. That's mm-hmm. that's absolutely golden. And you know, one of one of the things that it's obvious that Snap are doing with all their acquisitions is is creating a, a much more integrated ecosystem. Mm-hmm. They they have the opportunity to take all those brands and create an ecosystem that is integrated and oversee overseer um, is is a, an absolutely golden opportunity for integrators to get those recurring revenue maintenance contracts. Yeah, very good. Seth, I, I know you follow uh, C4 fairly closely. As you mentioned, you, you covered it already on your podcast. When you see this, I, I get excited about pretty much the points that Peter hit, right? The ability to be proactive, the, the ability to get some information without rolling a truck. What I'm curious about, though, having having used oversee for some products in, in my own company and, and some things that we, we follow and, and monitor with it, we like it from the troubleshooting standpoint. I get nervous when I see remote access and, and remote troubleshooting, etc. when it gets into programming. Is this one of those things where all of a sudden, now that Overseer is available for C4 and all of their products, all their controllers, etc., do you think that is going to potentially cause a problem for remote programming? over that is this something where where dealers should be using it for information for data but still planning to do a lot of their changes on site i don't, I don't think that aspect of what control four has done is going to change it you've been able to to, to dial in so to speak mm-hmm. and, and make updates and changes uh pretty much since the beginning of their product line um you know i i agree with i agree with peter like this is um, on top of the reoccurring uh, stuff, like this is tooling, and in this industry, as a as a service technician who's being paid money to show up or to be around when something goes wrong, um, they're being paid to, to know what is wrong with the system. It's it's sometimes very difficult to know that remotely, and with something like uh, see you because overseer, we called it for years. We called it Uversee. Uh, I don't know why, but I had no idea what it was called. <laughs> um, so with, with something like this in place, you can actually, you have the tooling, you have the tools available um, to uh, get in there, figure out what the problem is, do your di- diagnostics, and either fix the problem remotely, be great if you could do that without rolling the truck, but mm-hmm. um, know what you're walking into <laughs> when you get to the client's house. That can be... Uh, the, the, that could be the difference between a good and bad Friday afternoon mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and a good and bad weekend after that. Yeah, very true. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics once again. This comes to us from TheVerge.com. Apple is introducing Surrey for third-party devices uh, as well as a couple other really, really cool things. Now, like a consumer website, they're, they're kind of burying the lead there. Yes, they are enabling Surrey for third-party devices. That is cool. They're they're showing it on an Ecobee, uh, as well as a couple other products. But more importantly, what they are doing with Surrey is they are allowing a large portion of the Surrey infrastructure to happen on your device. It's not going to a server. It's staying 
on your device, which is a huge deal. This was, uh, as I mentioned, announced at WWDC, their keynote presentation. Uh, they also introduced a couple other cool things called home keys, uh, which allows you to remotely lock and unlock doors supported through their wallet app. Uh, the Apple mini or HomePod mini is doing some other cool things as well. Seth, let's, let's talk for a second about the, uh, voice control app aspect of this, the Surrey aspect. Apple has been at least touting the privacy flag for quite a while. Their right now their their big commercial set is all about privacy data trackers. That was the big uh, iOS release um, that happened, I think, two weeks ago, uh, where they're where they're not only allowing you to greatly increase the level of which control you have over which apps are tracking you and how, but it's downright showing you directly how they're doing it. Now that they're doing Surrey on device. What does that mean from a from a privacy standpoint? I mean, it's it it it, it falls in line with what they've been trying to do, uh, and, and and bang on this this privacy hammer that they've had. Um, you know, I I, I think this kind of goes, um, this is directly goes along with what what, what all, Apple's all about these days, and it seems like this has just been a, a steady progression. Mm-hmm. Like we've gone, we've had some events is it they even mentioned this in the keynote they've had some things you could do locally that were processed locally um this is just expanding that out and and trying to do a whole lot more um so it'll be interesting to see i guess with apple and siri in particular uh, to me it's uh it'd be interesting to see how well this actually works in practice um they can they can promise all they want but if it if it doesn't process or misunderstand you on the phone that's no better than it misunderstanding you in the cloud such a rosy outlook on that one. Well, I mean, they, they don't have the best track record, but I think they're, they they have they were the first to market with this type of integration, and then Amazon and Google came in and started leapfrogging them. I think they've got a little bit of catch up to, to catch up to do, and um, a lot of think, opinions like mine to come and overcome. And I, you know, they they probably can do it. I have no no doubt that they have the brains and intelligent people there uh, to do something like that. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's great that you can process something locally. You don't have to figure out what somebody said. You can process locally, determine if it can make that command happen without the latency of going out to a server in the cloud, doing it there and coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's faster control. That's more responsive. That to, to most people, what they're going to see is, I asked this thing to do it, and it did it almost instantly. And that's, that's awesome. I, I think what I find surprising is, and I'm not one to miss an opportunity to hate on Surrey just a little bit. But I will say I've noticed over the last six months that the, the Alexas in my house are not necessarily any better. They, they seem to have the same idiosyncrasies where you ask what should be a simple and, and honestly commonly repeated question. And she still seems to mess it up. Peter, uh, you brought, one aspect of this to to my attention, which I, I had not seen, in the fact that this will even function when your phone is in airplane mode. Is this the is this the push that the industry needs to at least try to be a little bit more transparent with what they're doing with your voice commands? I I, I think the industry has a duty to be transparent about what the connections are between the stuff in the home and the internet. How much of what is happening in the home 
is processed on the cloud, I think I think there should be full disclosure. And as part of that conversation, there needs to be a conversation with the client saying, right, here's the spectrum. At this end, everything's cloud processed and you have this huge amount of functionality, this huge amount of AI. You know, it, it's incredible all this stuff that happens, but A, you're dependent on your internet connection and B, there might be privacy concerns to the other end of the spectrum where, you know what, nothing's cloud processed. Your DVR is local, there's no, there's no voice control, no, you've, you've got all of your content local with, 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 with physical media. And then to end up with that client somewhere on the spectrum. But when it, when it comes to the whole Apple versus Google versus Amazon debates, it's really interesting because um, the fabulous Rich Green and I for many, many years have taught a course on design thinking at Expo and ISE. And the first part of design thinking is, is empathy, just building empathy with your clients. And empathy is all about asking really, really good questions. Answers are easy if you have really, really good questions. And one of the things that surprises me when we're going through the exercise is no one ever asks, um, can you tell me what phones you have? Because if I'm, if I'm talking to an Apple user, I'm going to do my best to integrate Siri into their lives because I don't want as a user for some things to be going, hey Siri, and for other things to be going, Alexa, and for other things to be going, hey Google. I don't want to remember which particular voice system does which, which particular thing. And I think we, we almost need to approach voice of not, hey, we've got these three competing systems, which one should we install? But to have that empathy conversation with a customer to discover their obvious and hidden needs and then and then to talk about functionality. What are the jobs voice is, is going to do? How is this actually going to make your life better? And I think and if we're going to make it simple, I don't know about you, but I'd, I don't want voice fragmentation. I'd, I don't want saying one thing to one thing and another thing to another. I'd, I just want to issue in a command and, and, and something happens. But certainly the more local processing that happens, um, I used to do a lot of work in the Middle East and I'd say 80% of our clients were either royalty or gangsters. And royalty, royalty and gangsters have extreme privacy concerns. When it, when it comes to a lot of the, ro the royalty, I remember one palace we did a project in that we set up um, a control system just for the cinema. And on the day of handover, they turned all the Wi-Fi off. And it was, but this isn't going to work. And they said, well, no, that Wi-Fi gets turned off and different Wi-Fi gets turned on that only a few authorised devices have access to. Oh, can this be an authorised device? No. So how are they going to control it? Well, we have people for that. So ultimately, people went into the rack room and, 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 and pressed buttons. But this, you know, that, that's an extreme, extreme privacy example. But um, I... I Reliability is, is a factor. You know, I like things to be local. Privacy is a factor. I like things to be local. And as Seth very, very rightly said, latency is a factor. You, you press something, you want something to happen. You want it to be instant. So this, this progression to more computational stuff being done within the building, I think is fantastic. Is that going to be a prevalent thing though? It, it, it... Because I'm always aware or, or try to be aware of a privacy concern, aware of what's going on. But when I talk to, heck, half the people in the industry, let alone a general consumer, 
the convenience of Google or an Amazon Echo surpasses the need for privacy. So I, I have I have a couple of clients. I don't have royalty clients like yourself, you know. What about gangsters? No comment. No comment. <laughs> I, I might know some people in maple syrup. That's, that is a gangster trade up here, my friend. Um, right, right. <laughs> I do know that for, for some clients, privacy is a very important factor. I don't know if it's important enough for most clients to, to move that needle at all. I mean, given how many people uh, get hacked and, you know, use the same password on every website, so everything in their life uh, gets hacked at the same time. Um, yeah, the convenience, as human beings, we like things to be uh, less, with less, have less friction to interact mm -hmm. with them. Um, so the convenience factor of these devices has been great. You can sit there and yell into the air and somebody will add something to your grocery list. Um, but all of the privacy, I think we're just now learning all of the privacy um, issues that, that come along with that convenience. And it's, it's a pendulum, right? Like it's just going to swing back the other yeah. way and eventually it'll find its center. But uh, it, I think we, we still have some time. Uh, maybe some of these things Apple and Google are doing are, are going to step over the line and be too far and we'll, we'll come back to the middle somewhere. Um, maybe a new technology will come out and make this a whole lot easier for people uh, to understand and, and, and interact with. Uh, but we'll eventually get there. We'll eventually get there where convenience and security do line up. I did, I did have a giggle earlier during the Apple keynote when um, they were talking about a feature where they will hide your physical location when someone sends you an email so that when you open the email, mm. it, it won't be able to track you. And I just thought of the irony that back in the day when mail was actually delivered to you, it would never get to you with, with, without an address. So I, 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 I kind of found that a bit, a bit weird. But I think, I think it's just up to us to have that privacy and security conversation with our clients mm -hmm. and just make them aware of exactly what's happening and then, as Seth said, give, give them the choice. And the other thing is we, we can do wonders with locking the hardware down. We mm -hmm. can go a long way towards locking the software down. We're supposed to do that? Biggest, yeah. Really? But the biggest security risk in any network is the wetware. It's, it's, it's the users. You mm -hmm. can, un, un, unless you're a corporate network and you so tie down what people can install and how things are configured. If my customer comes along with a computing device and connects it to the network, if they're a Muppet, they, they are going to cause all hell to break loose, and there's nothing that we as integrators can do about it. So, yeah, with all, with all the will in the world, um, doesn't matter what we do, there are still going to be lots and lots and lots of security and privacy breaches because our clients don't know any better. That, that, is, that is true. Uh, I will say even in a lockdown commercial environment, you'd be amazed what a user can get into. It's, it's depressing, really. All right, gentlemen, on that super bright note, uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, Peter, if people want to connect with you, learn more about HTE, where can they do that? HTE.design. And as an email address, it's peter at HTE.design. Will we know your location when you open that email? Um, I, will f I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I will find you.
<laughs> and I will sell you the finest um, cinema and media room acoustics known to humanity. So beware. I love it. I love it. Mr. Johnson, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Black Wire Design, where can they do that? You can head on over to blackwiredesigns.com. Check out all of the uh, hardware and software that we offer. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Resi Week.